0: Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. The Lord Jesus has come to save his people, and today we worship him. Order of service is on screen and in your folder. Let's begin with with our opening hymn, 354. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. The Lord, who gives every good and perfect gift, invites us to confess our sins and receive his forgiveness. Holy God, I confess yes. that I was born full of sin, the offspring of fallen Adam. All I have to offer you is my selfish thoughts, my wicked words, and my hateful actions. All I should receive from you is your just anger, your eternal condemnation, and your sentence of death. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. The great gift of God's grace has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. Jesus was born without sin. He lived without sin. He died with our sin on the cross to give us his holiness, pardon, and life. He rose again to prove that all these gifts are ours. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of this forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. grant that the birth of your only Son in the flesh may set us free from our old bondage under the yoke of sin. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. First lesson from Micah 5 predicts where the Savior would be born. And just what an incredible savior he would be. You read, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord is God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. The word of the Lord. second lesson from Galatians 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also in air the word of the lord
1: Could have stepped into creation with fire for all to see, brought every tribe and nation to their knees. From cradle to the cross, let heaven and nature sing. This is our King, but the grave couldn't hold Him. Our God is overcome, let heaven and nature sing. This is our King. From heaven to the cradle, from cradle to the cross, let heaven and nature see this is our key,
0: but the great moulding
1: our God is overcome. Let
0: To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said... He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the head. Name of your great Christmas present, Jesus Christ, your fellow believers. I started working on this sermon last week Monday. Oh, I don't know, 8:15 or so in the morning. I don't know if you remember what last week Monday was, but it was cold here. And I had just finished greeting all of the parents and kids as they came to school outside the new entrance. And it was one of those mornings, I, I don't know exactly what you call it, a Sheboygan wind or a Howard's Grove wind, but the way this building is built and the wind comes on some of those mornings, oh, it just comes right up from the south and no matter how many layers of clothes you have on you, it just pierces all the way through. It just was bitter. In fact, about this time of the sermon, as I'm writing a little bit and thinking through these things and putting thoughts together, somebody came in the administrative entrance and the first words out of their mouth were, it's just nasty out there. It was. It was. Now maybe you're the kind of person who in that kind of weather can wear shorts and a t-shirt. I know a few people like that. Maybe you, uh, a week from today, are ready to do the polar plunge. and, and, And maybe you're the kind of person who wears earmuffs in 60 degree weather around here. But there's a common thread through all of this. That we're concerned about the weather. So much so, that when I held my most recent call, do you realize the most common thing people from the congregation said to me? Pastor, I'm going to keep this short, just want to say one thing, it's colder in Minnesota. (laughs) I would probably say at least 10 to 15 people said just that to me. So last week, Monday, as I'm writing this, I thought, you know what, I'm going to check. And on that cold day here, I looked up what the temperature was in Minnesota at that location, and it was 10 degrees colder. So I'm here to tell you, you're right. <laughs> but today is Jesus' birthday, and it's about Him, and that's what the sermon's supposed to be about, and it will be. And this is the Lord's day. It's all about Him. So I want you to take those thoughts about it being colder, and I want you to apply it to him. And you'll find out it's a little bit harder to do, isn't it? I mean, what is the temperature in heaven? Well, it's, it's perfect, isn't it? And it's always perfect. It's always at right temperature, whatever God has it set at. And it's not like some places in the south where it's gorgeous six months out of the year and almost like heaven, and then the other six months out of the year, it's almost like that other place. Heaven is always perfect, and the sun is always shining, which means there's no night. Revelation tells us that, which means it never gets cold there. I mean, just think about that. It's just the perfect place. And it's that place Jesus left. And it's that perfect place Jesus chose to leave. John tells us, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And it kind of begs the question, why, doesn't it? I mean, any place compared to heaven is going to be a whole lot colder. Any place to heaven is going to be a whole lot worse. And and then he's born in Bethlehem of all places. And and Bethlehem, depending on the time of year, can be a very, very cold place, especially in the evening. And we read at the beginning of, of, of the liturgy today in the service exactly what happened after Jesus was born. What did Mary do? She wrapped him in strips of cloths and placed him in a manger. He came to that which was cold. And he felt the cold. Kind of fills you with wonder, doesn't it? That he left perfection to come here. Kind of fills your heart with wonder that he would leave all of that behind to go where it's chillier. And, and, and John does marvel at that. He, he marvels at Jesus' willingness and motivation to come here. But that's not where it stops. He marvels even more at exactly who it is that came here. I hope you understand John 1.14 is the pinnacle of this whole first chapter of John. It's like the whole thing builds to that verse. And so John wants you to see the miracle of exactly who came. I mean, this is the one who is God before time began. Which means he's eternal. In the beginning was the word, is the very first verse of John. And then this is the one who in him was life, and so he's the one who brought everything into being. I mean, he just has incredible power, and he created all of these things from nothing, just from his mighty word. And this is the one who with his very life would give the right to become children of God. Not of force, of a husband's decision, or forced will but through faith in him. I I mean, the miracle of who he is, and, and John then brings it to this climax, this very one from eternity who did all of this powerful stuff and brought it into being, that very one, the word, and just to make sure we all understand that phrase, the word is a nickname for Jesus. It's just you can't call him Jesus until he comes to earth. And so, prior to the time he has the name Jesus, he calls him the Word. He's a message from God. He's the message God wants to share with the world. The Word, the message God wants shared with the world, the second person of the Trinity becomes flesh. He doesn't change who he is, he stays divine, but he takes on something further to help mankind. And so, he takes on flesh. And so that which was spirit prior to the incarnation and coming to earth, still true God, eternal. Now all of a sudden, he's true man as well. True God and true man. And so the appropriate way to refer to Jesus is the God-man. He's never one or the other. He is always both from here on out. True God and true man in one person the very one who is almighty and has no weakness whatsoever because he has all power to his name, now all of a sudden is tiny and weak and fragile and frail, placed in a manger. It's incredible. The very one who created Adam and Eve and shaped them in the garden and, and put skin all around them is now the very one who himself has skin and is fully human. Can you imagine what his first cries were about? (laughs) Lord, it's cold here. (laughs) Father, I'd kind of like to come back to heaven where it's perfect. Or if I can't do that, Lord, can you at least with Amazon Prime one day shipping send me something warm? I mean, these swaddling clothes, this Bethlehem wind is cutting right through all of these things. But he doesn't do that. The very one who gave up perfection, the very one who came here, What's so miraculous about him is that he doesn't become fair weather like you or me. He's not fickle with sin. What's so beautiful about the one in the manger is that he's exactly like us but has no sin. Sin was never part of the package. And so the miracle of the God-man, the miracle of the creator who's now also creature, the, the miracle of the one who spoke the word because he is the word. This is God's word and he spoke it throughout the Old Testament. Now is here as a dutiful human being in every way to fully adhere to the very word he spoke. And he came here to feel the cold for you and for me in our place. And he did. The miracle of Jesus Christ, God who takes on flesh, to feel the cold, to come here, set apart, just stands out so beautifully to John. And John says, but I want you to see one thing more about him. I want you to see the glory and splendor of what's filled up within him. So incredible God and man in one person, but now something shines even more about him. It says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I'd like you to understand that when a worker, a called worker, a pastor, teacher, staff, minister, goes somewhere to serve the Lord, it doesn't have anything to do with the weather. From a manner of speaking, the grass is never greener anywhere else on earth. It's always the same. From a spiritual perspective, the sin that is here is the same sin that's everywhere else. And so when a called worker goes somewhere, or when a called worker stays somewhere, their goal is to bring the word of God to whoever the audience is, to that congregation and community. And so the ultimate goal is, what the called worker wants to do is, with the word of God, because that's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, the called worker wants to change the weather in that area between God and sinner. And the way to do that is by proclaiming Jesus Christ born for sinners. To proclaim Jesus Christ lived for sinners in their place entirely and did no sin and obeyed the law. To proclaim Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of all sinners. And all sins. And to proclaim Jesus Christ rose from the dead, guaranteeing his word, which means there's an eternal life to come for sinners who believe in him. I mean, the very message of called workers is to share Jesus Christ, and that's what John the Baptist did. And it stands out here. He stood before the crowds and he said, Look crowds, there is nobody like Jesus. There is nobody who's ever been before. There's nobody who's after. And even compared to John the Baptist himself, he says, This one is beyond me. He surpassed me because he was before me. There's nobody like him. And he's emphasizing Jesus' eternal nature. He's from before time began. That's what John was trying to say. But now look, he's here in time. He's wrapped in flesh. And it's glorious. It means this Jesus is greater than any pastor you've ever had or currently have. This Jesus is greater than all of your teachers. This Jesus is greater than your staff minister. And for John the Baptist to point out, this Jesus is greater than even the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. That's, this is the most important person John can think of. Moses. Moses. There is no prophet like Moses in the Old Testament. Moses impacted everything. He brought the law down from Sinai. He impacted all of their worship, all of their festivals. He impacted all of the sacrifices that they offered at the temple. He even brought the dimensions for the tabernacle and temple and the furniture that's supposed to be built in there. And yet the problem with Moses is that nobody could keep him. Nobody could keep those commandments. Even Moses couldn't do it and had to die outside the promised land. And then came Jesus. And he did it. And he fulfilled it. And he obeyed it in the flesh. And he did what no person could do. And then in his ministry, because he obeyed the law, he was able to bring in his ministry and life what no other person could do. He brought grace. In truth, and John summarizes this with a secondary passage that hits home too. He says, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Do you understand what that means? It means yesterday, if you came to the 9 a.m. service, God graced you with his forgiveness of sins. And then if you came to the 3 or 5 o'clock service too, There were sins that happened in our heart and mind and life in between there too. And so you received even more grace. And if you came to church this morning or watch on uh, YouTube later today or this week, Jesus is going to grace you with more. We continue to sin and Christ continues to pour grace upon grace. Grace in place of grace. He came to bring the warmth. He came to be the warmth, and he is the warmth. And this is what's so glorious and stands out with such splendor to John. Jesus is a refuge to the repentant, even while he's lying there in the manger. Grace in place of grace, and I hope you see that this morning. And the way to really see that clearly is by looking at the coldness in your own heart. And I understand I'm still talking to the baptized this morning. People for whom God is graced and loves. But if we're honest this morning, there's still a sinful nature that is reckless and terrible inside all of us. And it doesn't die until we physically die and go to heaven. And in that sinful nature, it is terribly dark and cold and it's a despicable place. So much so that if you were to open up and tell people the thoughts and things that you don't act upon... And the things that you think about or that still... And you say, what in the world? Where did that come from? If you were to tell people the things inside your heart, you probably wouldn't have any friends. And the problem is we can't fix it. You can't change it. You can't wish it away. It doesn't over time become better and improve all by itself. If anything, over time, this sinful nature gets more and more devious and deceptive and despicable. And yet it's to this very cold heart and to yours... That Christ comes. It's to this cold place that Jesus comes with warmth. With grace in truth. The grace of God. What we never ever would ever deserve from the Lord Almighty. He comes to bring the forgiveness of all of our sins. And we don't deserve it. In truth, he comes to fulfill the very promises he made in the Old Testament so that you know without a doubt God's word is true. You can hang your hat on it. You can hang your whole life on it because he will guarantee it and do it. That's why Jesus is here. Incredible ministry. And even though we continue to sin in our life, and I'm not making an excuse for it, when you repentantly bring these things back, Worship service after worship service or even in your own home and you apologize to the Lord. Do you understand how Jesus is going to treat you? He's not going to say, oh, look, I found an addendum to Moses, some more law that I get to pummel you and crush you with. He's going to bring and provide for you grace in place of grace. I forgive your sins again today. Your sins are covered again today. They're still forgiven today. Because Jesus came. That's the incredible miracle ministry of Jesus. That he came to the cold. And that he brought the warmth. And that he comes to your heart. And he comes to change the weather between you and God by providing for you in full the forgiveness of sins. That's what Christmas is about. God with us, God in the flesh, God for us. The Lord Jesus Christ, not afraid to come here. The Lord Jesus Christ, not afraid to love sinners. And to bring the warmth. So worship him. Trust him. Because as John the Baptist said, this really is the one. Amen. Please stand. We join together and confess our faith with the Athanasian Creed. It is furthermore necessary for eternal salvation that one faithfully believe that our Lord Jesus Christ also took on human flesh. Now, this is the true Christian faith. We believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, is both God and man, He is God eternally begotten from the nature of the Father and he is man born in time from the nature of his mother fully God fully man with rational soul and human flesh equal to the Father as to his deity less than the Father as to his humanity and though he is both God and man Christ is not two persons but one One, not by changing the deity into flesh, but by taking the humanity into God. One indeed, not by mixture of the natures, but by unity in one person. For just as the rational soul and flesh is one human being, so God and man is one Christ. He suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose the third day from the dead, He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there will come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming, all people will rise with their own bodies to answer for their personal deeds. Those who have done good will enter eternal life, but those who have done evil will go into eternal fire. This is the true Christian faith. Whoever does not faithfully and firmly believe this cannot be saved. Please be seated. Eternal Father, we give you thanks and praise on this holy day for sending your one and only Son to share our humanity, carry our guilt, and become for us the perfect Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Keep our faith in your Son alive and strong. Nourish us with your word and sacraments and by your Holy Spirit. Give us strength to overcome Satan's power and empty promises. Help us to withstand the temptations the world and our sinful nature put on our path.
2: Give us faith and
0: nourish. Remember ministers of the gospel throughout the world who on this day are proclaiming that a Savior has been born. We especially commend to your care the missionaries. We as members of the Wisconsin Synod have called Since they cannot enjoy the fellowship of their extended families this Christmas, grant to them the inner joy that comes with service in your kingdom. We pray for our city and countryside, for our neighborhoods and subdivisions, and for all who live and work and find delight here. Give to the leaders of government wisdom to make and uphold laws that promote the good of society. Grant our nation peace, health, and prosperity, that we may have the opportunity and resources to spread the good news to all people. Fill us with kindness and arouse us to do good to all people, especially those who are less fortunate than we. Bring your healing to those who are sick or diseased in body or mind, and comfort those who are mourning the death of someone they love. We especially pray for brothers and sisters who are setting aside their celebration today to care for the sick and stand at the side of the dying. Be a source of strength to all your people and fill them with your power and peace. If any are among us today who have lost the true meaning of this festival, let them rediscover the joy that comes from Christ alone. And let your peace in the of all. Hear us, Lord, as we now pray in silence. As you sent your son to bring peace to all people on earth, so we pray for all people, those known and those unknown to us. but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Merry Christmas again to all of you. Uh, it's been a, a number of services the last few days, and, and they're all wonderful and blessed and uh, encouraging. I, I just want to make sure to say thanks to all the volunteers. So many of you. I, I mean, the decorating here in the gymnasium, the musicians, the choir, the instrumentalists. Luther Gillian, Connor was here this morning, and I'm not going to name everybody. I, I just want to say thank you to everybody for all of this, for building God's people up. So thank you. And then there is one announcement. Uh, There are some rented chairs in the gymnasium, and we could use some hands if you have just five, ten minutes. We need to stack those chairs up in in groups of 40, and then they get picked up. Um, I don't know, Luther, are they coming today or tomorrow? Probably tomorrow. But we just need to stack them up and then we'll move them down here when that's all done. But uh, down in the gym, if you can help for just a few minutes to stack those chairs. Any other announcements from you for today or the week ahead? Please greet one another. Merry Christmas, everyone, and God bless your celebration.